Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotic. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Marklin and I create the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is it's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords and use our buy it now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buy and selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. pythons with uh their good friend Terrell. He was uh on the show before and we were talking about mm-hmm. carpet pythons. 
now we're talking about the other side of uh, his uh, joint business with uh, April. Um, and we're talking about, I guess this is kind of like her side of things, you know, because I, I really see her kind of posting up the blood and short tail stuff. But yeah. Um, Kind of, it's kind of maybe maybe Terrell's like you, Owen. He's not quite ready to take the. <laughs> he, he, he's not fully immersed into blood pythons as he is into carpet pythons. Step. I took that step and almost immediately regretted it. So, um, <laughs> I mean, I have one. It's not here. I sent it away with someone who has way more experience with it than I yeah. do. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> drop drop that thing up and mess as soon as possible. But I, I see the appeal, and I know that you kind of had the blood bug for a little bit. Um, so yeah, we'll talk bloods. Yeah, I I have uh, I think I have nine now. Nine. Oh God, an unknown number. <laughs> no, to me that's even because that's what fits on my shelf. <laughs> oh. You know. Yeah. So. This is the blood space and this is only the blood space. So yes. there you go. Um no, I'm I'm pretty happy with what I what I have. I have a crazy morph, the the Batrix, you know, which was right. uh something that I, uh, that I wanted for a long time. I have the couple crazy Borneos and, and stuff. Right. And, uh, that uh, Halloween one thingy. Yeah. I don't know what that probably is. my favorite yeah. one. Actually, no, oh, yeah. I have 10 because I keep forgetting about the one that's at Matt's. <laughs> See? <laughs> so, so we're good. Yeah. But it, so, yeah. it's funny because you're like, it's like I, I dropped off the girl with Matt and he's going over all the things we can make. I'm like, that's pretty. And, of course, he's getting way more excited than I am. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. he's like, we can make this, this, and that. I'm like, can it make babies? <laughs> so we'll, we'll babies we'll, I'm all, I'm all for it. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I really like Bloods in as far as it gives me that uh, big snake feel without having the big snake. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, that's and, my favorite and part of it. The, they got the big snake feel in just their girth and their weight. Then they also have the big snake feel in their attitudes. And it, 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 you're basically right. It's like someone took a retic or an anaconda and, like, cut off half of it and shrunk it down. So, and that's what you've got in a blood and that just, they're gorgeous when it comes to color wise. Of course, you and I have the difference of opinions of what you like. And if somebody hasn't really taken a close look at the different colors and morphs you can have with bloods and Borneos, you're, you're, you're missing out on some stuff. Yeah. Um, Matt and everybody knows that I kind of have a love for the teen eggs and that's pretty much probably the only bloods I'll allow back in the house. So, um, <laughs> isn't it funny how? Good. Yeah, isn't it funny how like certain reptiles you like you like really, you know, you you, uh, you get accustomed to and like ones you accept, other ones you don't. You know what I mean? Like you, I don't know. I I I find that like you know like retics with me. It was kind of like. I'm going to try this cuz you know they're just so beautiful and you know so smart and yeah that just was not <laughs> you know what I mean it's just well and, it, no. it wasn't it, it wasn't uh I I felt that I wouldn't have given the animal the the attention that it deserved 
Um, and I just didn't feel the spark, you know? I mean, I guess like yeah. some animals you feel the spark and other ones you don't, you know? And We've had that discussion before where it's like it's perfectly acceptable for people to step outside your comfort zone and try a new species. Entirely. Yeah. We, we encourage that. Trying to get across here. But um, <laughs> why we're here. So, yeah. but it's, you know, and sometimes it doesn't fit. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes you don't have a flavor and it just, it, it, it's interesting. Sometimes you get it and it's here for like, two, three months, and you're like, all right, get this thing out of here. Other times it's here for like a year, and you're still not 100% about it. And, you know, those are the ones that I like to say that if I had to make cage space, they're like the first on my list of get the hell out. So, um, like right now, my Amazon tree bows are so far, are so high on the list of the second I need your cage, you're out. So, because, (laughs) you know, they're appealing, they're kind of cool, they're evil. They sit in trees. It's hard to move them. They're evil. So it's like, <laughs> and, and and it's like, all right, you know, your appeal is okay, but I get, I like the green tree pythons better, and I like the rough scales better than you. So, you know, the, the tree-dwelling long-tooth guys are checked off. So I don't really, it, it kind of just doesn't do it for me. So that's perfectly fine. So, yeah. You know, I don't know if it's just in in pre- preparation for our trip to Australia or what it is, but um, I, I decided to buy basically the series of those books. Yeah, <laughs> of those books, um, a, a guide to Australian. Uh, let's see, there's a skink one, there's a dragon one, there's a monitor one, which is actually very cool, by the way, because I know of you're course. somewhat of a monitor guy. Uh, there's I am. a gecko one. Have, how many do I have uh, in my house right now? Anyway, but um, <laughs> there's uh, <laughs> pythons, and then there's the uh, well, this one I won't ever keep, but um, elapids and co- uh, colubrids. Um, but it's still nice to know. No. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a guide to oh. health and disease, which is uh, which is actually a cool book as well. There still is a lizard and a, a or a. Turtle and a frog book, but I didn't take that plunge yet. Nope, but anyway, right. nope, like <laughs> so it's um, but it's good that you're doing this because I imagine when we're in the bush running after something, I'm just going to shout and you're just going to start whipping out books and it's a lizard and you start paging and then you'll tell me if it's okay to approach or if I should stand the hell away. So it's well, the cool the cool thing is is that and we were talking about this earlier and yeah. I, I, we got two other things that we want to hit on, so I'll make this Me quick, too. but. Yes. Um, the uh, the the thing that I notice is is that you know I, I really believe that you know having focus in your collection or you know when you're breeding or you know having some sort of direction or you know is is a really good thing to have you know and yes. I think I believe that I have that and you have that too when you know we have I, we have a specific niche <laughs> that we're sort of in <laughs> and we sort of like. You know, we're sort of going with that, and we, like, sort of go off the rail. But I think what what I missed in this whole thing is, like, I spent the whole weekend, basically for the whole week and the whole weekend, um, mm. not on Facebook at all. Like, very rarely, you know, maybe something popped up and I liked it or something like that, but not reading anybody's, you know, long-witted post about, you know, market this and that, blah, 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 blah. You know, none of that bullshit I'm listening to. Meanwhile, I got my head in a book, 
and mm-hmm. I'm reading about species that I, I didn't even know existed. You know what I mean? So how do I know mm-hmm. what I like or don't like by if I'm not going to, you know, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm different than other people, but sort of when I get focused on something, I get focused. And what I'm hoping by reading and and doing this is that my experience with the retic is, is that, you know, I just thought that this would be something that, that I wanted and you get, and you're sort of like, no, it doesn't work out. What I find is that I sort of go through stages and I'm hoping that, you know, if I really want the, you know, an animal or something like that, after I'm done doing all my research and really, you know, like, you know, geeking out on it and, and whatnot, then am I, do I still want to take pull the trigger, so to speak. You know what I yeah. mean? So it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of waiting because I tell you what, the one thing that really has my eye looking at, there's so many cool monitor species in Australia. Good Lord. You. <laughs> oh, dear God. If, if you could see a lace monitor in freaking person, it, they're some of those, it's a Komodo dragon painted black with stripes on it. It's like, and done. I'm done. Yeah. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm good. So, and it's just the, the African, the Australian species, of monitor some of them are just so freaking cool so uh yeah i know we were talking like ackies for a little bit and stuff like that so yeah ackies is one that sort of has me at the moment and you know again Mm -hmm. it's it's a different it's it's completely different and i guess i guess what i sort of felt by like reading these books and sort of geeking out and 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 this kind of thing is that i felt like when i was getting into the hobby like i had that excitement about learning about a new species or trying to to understand what other people are doing. Like sometimes when, when we are sort of like lost in these little boxes and we sort of like stay in these little, little, you know, little worlds where there's so many right. other worlds outside of our world, if, if that makes sense. So, it, um, and sometimes you just need a hairpin trigger. Like I had no interest in anything Lyasis or even looked at anything Lyasis until you dropped a Maclots Python off at my house and totally right. ruined me. So <laughs> it's like, then you start researching. Then you start looking. Then you start poking around. Now it's like, I, it, dear God, I have the Max, the Olives, the Savus, and the Waters. So it's like that's how it goes. And sometimes you just need a little push, whether it be looking through a book, whether it be seeing a, show, a snake at a show, whether it be researching something, whether it be finding one and taking it out for a test drive. So, yeah, more power to you, my friend. Yeah, and, uh, yes. So Enjoy. anyway, that's that's my uh, my speech for the uh, yes for the week. Um, one thing that uh, there well, there's two things we have to mention. First, uh, we have the auction for Bob uh, Futo. Um, that's going to go live tomorrow night at eight o'clock, yep. um, and it yep. will be up on uh, Morelia Pick of the Week. Uh, if you mm-hmm. don't know what that is, then shame on you. No, you if, you don't know what that, <laughs> if you don't know what that is, that's our Facebook uh, group page um, over uh, on Facebook. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, I think, uh, Jason Balin and uh, Jeremy uh, Keller, right? Is his last name? Keller, yeah. Keller, if, yeah. You, if you are listening and you do want to give a donation uh, to the auction, contact Jason Balin or Jeremy Keller to send them a message on Facebook Dropped them an email, something like that. Uh, was it? Was I think it was uh, two days ago. I just texted Jason and said, "Hey, this is what I'm contributing. Here's a picture of it." And he said, "Cool." And that was it. It's done. Right. So if uh, that's all you got to do, um, obviously Bob has some uh, medical 
um, stuff going on, and we're trying to raise up some money to kind of help him and his family out with some of the bills, uh, which those, anybody who can tell you, anybody who's been in that kind of situation can tell you that those bills can get out of hand real quick. So yes. anything we can do to help Bob out, I mean, uh, you and I, I think I've spoken to Bob maybe once or twice at a show, and that's it. So, mm-hmm. and I'm willing to help. So you don't necessarily have to be a friend of Bob's, and of course you can also give a cash uh, contribution um, for that. I think there's some Kickstarters and a few things hovering out there, and that all that information will probably be back up on the Rally Pick of the Week soon. So do all that, and you know, uh, obviously if I were in that situation, I'd be uh, extremely grateful for people helping me. So yeah. if you have give. I mean, I'm throwing a a uh, caramel jag male that's ready to breed. I'm putting him into the auction. So somebody oh, wants cool. to go get him and put him to freaking use this year. Go ahead. So yeah, very cool. I still mm-hmm. yeah. I I gotta get Jason my thing tonight. I, I got two things that I could possibly do. So I, I'll make sure I take care of that. Um, so yeah. look for that tomorrow night. Um, at eight o'clock. That's Eastern Standard Time. Uh, yep. so, um, there's that. So if you're interested, uh, if you were looking for some kind of cool carpet, I know there's, uh, mm-hmm. there's quite a few people that have, uh, put animals up. So, you know, it's always cool mm-hmm. to, to, to help and, somebody out and get a cool snake at the same time. So, and this kind of goes without saying, if you are outside of the United States, don't bid on anything. I don't think we're going to be shipping things internationally. Especially if it's breathing. Yeah. So correct. Yeah. If you <laughs> want to true. contribute, donate cash on the Kickstarter. You know, I, I I would be just like our luck that somebody from like England was bidding on stuff. So anyway, just if you're not in the continental United States, please don't bid. Just you know, uh, give it a like, give it a share, do all that other fun stuff. All right. That okay. And then my my uh, other thing. Um, uh, that uh, is happening this weekend is the Southeast Carpet Fest. Uh, mm-hmm. Basically, that's an event that they're running uh, down in the uh, Southeast uh, to come together and hang out uh, with uh, other Morelia heads. Uh, it's this Saturday. It's November 7th. It's at 2 o'clock. Who knows when it's uh, over. Um, <laughs> and let's see. There will be signs along the road directing you oh to make sure that you don't get lost. Uh, it will be hosted outdoors in a party barn. Uh, we will be grilling up some food, but feel free to bring some appetizer sides, uh, throw uh, something to throw on the grill or whatever else you want. Some drinks and water will be provided. Other than that, it's bring your own bottle. Uh, we are hoping to do the, not. They're hoping to do. <laughs> Sorry, I'm reading Stop the, the other thing. I can't help it if possible my phone as I'm reading. I know, but you just like come on scatterbrain. Yeah. So we're hoping to do an auction that uh, proceeds uh, US Arc. Uh, So if you have anything to donate, get in touch with uh, KJ. Um, And he told me, I asked him today if there was anything that he wanted me to say. He said uh, basically he is in Oaklea looking for pine snakes. So they don't have service up there, so he's not able to call or listen in or hear the show. Um, but uh, he wanted to know that there will be pork, pulled pork sandwiches, 
and uh, venison tacos and fish tacos. Oh. Change of location. What is he? Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> he changed the location? Oh, oh no. my God. <laughs> oh, he changed his go. Oh, he, he was able to listen. Oh, okay. Oh, Not looking God. for fine things. I got gotcha. you. And, um,. I got my. Uh, they did. They did a shirt for the uh, for their carpet fest, and uh, mine came the other day, and it's pretty freaking sweet. Uh, and they were. I think they raised. Uh, what was it? Uh, like 140 bucks for USR on the the shirt. So there you go. Uh, so we got the auction tomorrow at eight o'clock, and then the Southeast Carpet Fest this Saturday at two o'clock. So Take many pictures and have fun, guys and girls. All right. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So, without yeah. further ado, let's uh, let's Terrell on here. Hey, Terrell, is that you? Hello. Hey, Terrell. Hey, how's it going, guys? Pretty good. How are you? Uh, I actually got sick this weekend and started losing my voice this morning, so I just came back maybe like forty-five minutes ago. Excellent. So I felt oh, like shit. Now we will devastate your voice so you won't actually be able to speak at all tomorrow. <laughs> I you love have to it. Work tomorrow? <laughs> yep. Uh, awesome. I want to walk around with a whiteboard having to write messages to people. I mean, <laughs> if that doesn't happen, I think we have failed. So <laughs> let's try. So, <laughs> um, now, Terrell, why don't you kind of give us a little bit of, uh, I don't know, a little bit of an overview of your collection and how you go about keeping these guys in your place, in your Yeah, sure. So um, we've got about, you know, I would say probably about 25, 26 different uh, short tails now. I'm doing Bloods, Borneos, and Sumatrans. Um, we do racks for all of them. Um, we uh-huh. have for the adults, we use the uh, Vision and Boa Rex. Okay. And then um, for your sub-adults and some of the smaller ones, we use um, the Vision B70 Rex. And then for babies, we use the six-core tubs. And there's some of the older ones that really don't like a lot of space, so we keep them. They feel better in a six-core, so it, it kind of varies person egg what what's in what. And that's typically okay. how we do it for all of them. Okay. Wow. So do you do you find that they do obviously we've we've spoken to uh, a bunch of blood breeders and things like that. Are you kind of in the doctrine that bloods tend to do better in racks as opposed to like full blown cages? We believe they do. We've come okay. across a lot of issues and then it's it's really hard to uh, balance humidity here, especially because we live basically in the desert now. So we're looking at 50 to 60% humidity. So mm-hmm. having them in that, is, it's easier to maintain uh, the humidity levels. And we haven't had any issues with any of them freaking out or getting really sick from being in tubs. So we've just adopted that. And April is the one that started the uh, whole vision thing, which I'm going to follow suit with the ones I have at my house, too. Okay. So, now, is that why you've kind of chosen these racks over... You said you have a lot of the uh, 
Gosh, what'd you say you had for your what what are your racks again? What what model? Uh, the vision the vision. vision, uh, vision. Yeah. The did six, you six five? Go ahead. I'm saying did you pick those racks over other ones for a certain purpose or is that just kinda what turned out to be what you guys had? Peer review. Um we did a lot of searching around and that's the one that she liked the best and she got it, we set it up and she's in love with them and then I really like that setup as well. So I've adopted that from her. Okay. And they're local to us, so we don't have to pay for shipping. We can just go pick up the racks whenever they're ready. <laughs> See that's like always a good one. Just go get it. <laughs> that's so, pretty sweet. Um, that is awesome. I mean, I wish. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we have any PA local. I think the closest cage builders to us are in Maryland. But um, now, would you? Uh, what kind of substrate are you using? Any substrate at all? Or are we strict unprinted paper? Um, lots of paper. Uh, between craft paper and newspaper, the okay. uh, some of them make a mess pretty much as soon as you clean it. It's messy. And with paper, we throw a lot of extra paper in there. So you can barely see them, and that's the way that they tend to like it. So okay. it's just easy a lot of paper. Um, in the past, we've used uh, Aspen and uh, ground-up Sandy Chip Aspen as well. But the paper has worked the best, so we've just stuck with that for the last, probably the last year. Okay. And... Uh... Uh, we we did talk with I think Lon who said that if a if a blood or a Borneo gets like too hot they just kind of go and they they're, they're not a very happy snake. Um, what temperatures do you normally keep your guys at? Um, here, the difference between where I live in April, we only live about twenty five, not even twenty five miles apart, but it gets mm-hmm. much hotter where I live. So I just use ambient temps, and during okay. the summer it's her tub about 86, 88, and then she keeps, uh, she runs thermostats for all of hers in the hot spots about 84 to 86. Okay. So it's kind of about the, I mean, it's mm-hmm. give or take. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Um, and uh, we did also, so humidity is definitely something that you need to worry about with these guys. Um how how do you guys go about kind of containing the humidity in with these guys? Big water bowls, misting? Uh, yeah, a big water bowl so they can soak. I usually uh, once or twice a week will take out um, – oh, she posted a picture of the setup. But uh, take them out and soak them. Or I have okay. uh, a bottle and I'll just spray them down. And it's usually – the carpets don't mind it as much, and I found they've adapted to the heat because it gets about 116 here during the summer. So they've more adapted to it, but the blinds get a little a little antsy. So uh like I said, once or twice a week I'll just spray them down. Jeez. All right. See, this is I'm finding out where I went wrong with like everything. So it's it's good that we have Terrell on to show me how much <laughs> of an idiot I was with mine. So um Hey man, I'm still learning too. It's been it's been about two years now, and we just are finally ironing out some of the mistakes that we've made in the past and getting it down to how we like to keep them. So it's a learning process that will continue as we expand and change up things. So what do you – you not what have, do you, oh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, like, well, did say, you not have 
<laughs> we never do that. Go, go ahead. No, go. Go, go, go. <laughs> All right. Jesus. Um, did you not have any short tales or bloods or anything before you started working with April? Was this like just kind of like she brought these into, you know, your sphere? Yeah, I I didn't at all. I was more into uh, I wanted to get into her ticks, and I'm glad I didn't get more ticks than I have. But um, okay. she had gotten me my first Sumatran as a president, and then from there I was like, yes, I want I want more of these. And then um, I had um, a diamond jungle that hates me. That snake absolutely hates me, but loves her, and she has normal blood that hated her. So we swapped, and then. That's one of my favorite snakes, and he loves it here. He's like, out of all the carpets I have, that's probably the snake I handle the most. <laughs> so from there, okay. it's like, oh, we're getting more blood? Okay, sweet. Then I'll take some more. <laughs> wow. Okay, cool. Um, we did have a question from uh, from Scott, but um, I think April answered it over here in the chat. But basically... I still on the show. <laughs> so... <laughs> So uh, he was, yeah, he was saying that um, the species in short tail blood group are they geographically separated, um, and if not, is there any ecological partitioning that prevents hybridization? Um, I think you know I don't know where she got this picture, but April put up this map. Basically, it's a range map, um, and obviously bloods and um, Python Curtis um, are separated by the, uh, well, I guess that would be the ocean from Borneo, so they're not intermingling. Um, no. But I I don't know, like that one spot where um, I guess basically the Sumatran Reds, do they, do they cross paths with the, uh, with the Sumatran Blacks, the Python Curtis, you know? You know way more about that than I would. Um, as far as all of the uh, history and stuff to that, she is usually on top of that because I spend most of my time uh, studying the carpets and all of that stuff. But she'll probably answer in a second or two. Yeah, there apparently you go. she says mountain ranges. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah right. I knew that. Really, come to your rescue. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we spend all our time learning about uh, carpet pythons and where they're from. But, uh, you know, when it comes to other python species, I didn't even know a map like this existed. So there you go. Um, I wish we had this map for other things. But all right. Um, yeah. <laughs> cool. Eric. Um, so when we talked about um, – Zach. <laughs> we talked about um, – the bloods and uh, what was it that drew you to to actually want to like that you like about them? What is it that gets you going? Bloods and short tails. And do you have a favorite what? species of the group? Um, my favorite species would be the Borneos, and it's their attitude is what gets me most about them. They're, I mean, they make a lot of noise, so it's it's intimidating to people that come over and they want to handle them or see how they are, but. None of them, they're really, like, really timid and very placid once you have them out. I don't have any that are super aggressive except for one, but um, 
they're just a, a nice manageable snake. And I don't have any that are really huge. Like you see some people that have six, six foot ones that are 40 pounds or anything like that. I don't have any like that. Um, like mine fairly small, especially because we're not breeding the ones that are in my house. They're more like pets. <laughs> the ones that <laughs> won't breed. And I get to keep them because they're awesome. So, um, right. <laughs> they're fun. We, t- we use them a lot to, uh, for educational stuff, so people can see the actual behavior of these snakes when they're out, and not from what you hear online that they're, you know, nasty and aggressive and all that kind of stuff. It's not true for the majority of them. Yeah, I, what, what's what's your thoughts on as far as like I know you when you were talking about keeping with Owen, you were talking about um, you know some some mistakes and keeping them that that could be made like. What do you think is the biggest uh, mistake that people make with blood pythons and short tails? Uh, humidity, trying to mm-hmm. compensate for that. They're very, very uh, prone to respiratory infection. If you don't keep a steady thing going, if you raise it too high and it drops all of a sudden and you keep doing that, they don't do well with that. Right. Okay. Okay. The variation messes them up. Okay. Um, and then the other thing, I know you, I, I, I don't know, it could be that my room and the humidity, that I have a lot of humidity here, but what I was finding with them is that when I kept them on paper, um, and this is just for most of mine that I have are all still very young, um, and they're basically in six quart tubs, so that that'll give you an idea of how small they are. But um, I was having a problem with the paper molding. Um, mm. It just seemed like the paper was always wet with them, so I changed to uh, sphagnum moss. <laughs> I can't even talk moss. And um, <laughs> I noticed that that especially with um, the Sumatran short tails. Uh, I was actually showing Zach tonight. They were all curled up in the bottom. You know, I don't have the problem with the mold anymore, and the, the snakes feel more secure. Just on a side note, I always had this issue with IJs, um, IJ carpet pythons, and they would always be in their water bowl. And the same mm-hmm. issue where I would have molding on the newspaper. Um, so I figured since it worked with those guys, maybe I would try it with my IJs. And, man, they're they're like in seventh heaven, and they're not in their water bowls anymore. You have any thoughts on uh, on that? Um, yeah, I've actually uh, switched around with the newspaper before I changed to the house that I'm at. It changed how I would keep them. Um, I was mm-hmm. that way. Um, right, like here too. Um, so what I did was added a bigger bowl to the ones that would soak, and okay. added the moss more paper for them to hide under and then just spray the top of the paper, the ones that have a lid, spray the lid instead of the actual paper and it prevents the actual substrate from molding over. And I haven't run into that either. And with the um the boa racks with the craft paper April uses, yeah I haven't seen that happen with that either. And I know she also does use sphagnum moss as well for a lot of them. Yeah, hmm. it's weird, and I don't know what would cause this. Maybe you guys have some thoughts, but I don't see it with any of my – I have those same type of racks, and uh, I don't see it with any of the adults. It's just the 
six quart. Oh, you know. Yeah. yeah yep. I, I don't know. I, Same thing. I don't know. Yeah. It's weird. Um, so yeah, I notice in, uh, and I don't know if you guys hit on this already when you were, when you posted up your picture of like your basic setup, but you, uh, I know Matt does this as well, includes one of those big, um, you know, uh, what would it be like a Starlight tub? Um, do you find yeah, that? Yeah, a tub and then you cut a hole in it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Do you find that, um, hides are important for bloods, uh, and short tails? Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. for the most part. Okay. All right, I'm I'm gonna copy that. I want those for my adult carpet pythons. So, you know, I do like those sides that we uh, have those for. But it works great for them. That's normally where they are. Where we go find them. Now, are you putting anything? And I'm sorry if you guys hit on this already. Are you putting anything no. inside that um, inside that hide box? Uh, some sphagnum moss. Okay. okay. So, so nine times out of ten, they're yeah. in the box. Yeah, if it isn't for the younger ones, the layers, tons of layers of paper, then it's uh, the rubber-made uh, tub hide for them. Gotcha. Cool. Okay. Awesome. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I mean, as far as keeping goes, um, I, I think they're they're pretty similar to. Uh, uh, you know, other pythons, just as far as temperatures and such, like you, like you said. Mm-hmm. Is there anything special that you're doing going into uh, this would be your first breeding season, you were saying? Like, what's your plan? Uh, how are you going to approach it? And, you know, what's your thoughts on um, maybe breeding these guys with, say, you know, uh, breeding carpet pythons? Uh, for this season, we've actually decided not to breed them. Um, it will just feel that they're ready, and we don't want to push any of the tanks. Yeah, okay. we don't have to. Good. So um, we're actually going to forego this season until the 2016-2017 season. But um, as far as starting it and uh, getting used to how they're going to act when we do breed, that'll be as as we do it. We'll change things up, see what works, and see what doesn't. Same thing I did with uh, the carpets last year. And then uh, keep notes, and then I'm trying, still trying new things with the carpets this year. But it'll be pretty much the same process for um, the blood and short tails. And I know that it will be one, one pairing of bloods and one pairing of Borneos next year for our first uh, run at it. Okay. So, what you know, you're talking about not quite ready. What? When it comes to these guys, what do you think is more important, age or size or both? It's a little both, really. Um, there are uh, – I'll put a picture of him up right now. Our, one of our oldest, Jack, he's of size and ready to go. But um, the other male that we have, Hannibal, she doesn't feel like he's ready to go yet. So mm-hmm. – um, it's more of a decision of why force it when you can just wait. And then, you know, because we like to see how they color up too. If it's not exactly what she's looking for, then we'll go find another female or male or whatever. So we're just kind of playing it by ear each season. And once we get the right two to actually breed, then that's, that's when it'll happen. Yeah. 
And that's that's kind of an important thing, you know. You hear you hear a lot of people they'll just put their snakes together because they don't want to sit out a breeding season, so to speak. And you know, while everybody else is hatching eggs, you know, you're just sort of feeding your snake and um, <laughs> sitting there. You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, but sometimes that's important, man, because you know you mm-hmm. may get subpar offspring, and you know you're really putting the effort to find that. Uh, exceptional pair, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty awesome. Um, yeah. And the one female that we want to use, she's also not ready yet. Um, she, if, if we forced it, she would have been, but we also don't believe in doing that either. So. Okay. Yeah. She'll have to sit up for this year and then next year she'll get her chance to do it. <laughs> you sit out for a year, you put the animal's health first which means that in, like, five or six years down the road, she'll still be breeding and won't be dead. It's a good move, yeah. in my opinion, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, don't push it and wait. It's fine. So, and then you guys can get amped up and try for the six, 16, 17 season. So, yeah, cool. So what is the pairings that you plan on doing? I know you said it was a blood pairing and a Borneo pairing. What What are, are they? Uh, so he's posted up a teen egg, right? Yeah, that that is Joe. Oh. He's he's pretty much our mascot. He's one of the coolest snakes I've ever seen in person. And um, he will. She wants to do a T negative to Matrix. Okay. Interesting. Now, for people that don't know, so to speak, what talk about a little bit about those uh, genetics? Um, What's the uh, what's the genetics that's going on in that pairing? So the matrix, uh, being a you know, co-dominant like your caramel, anything like that, is she wants to bring out a lot of the yellow. So adding the T negative, which adds a lot of white, she's trying to reduce a lot of the extra coloration to the snake. Because a lot of our projects will be around T negative. Oh, okay. Okay. So, um, and yeah, and any blood pairings will be something T-negative is what she's going for. So if you look at the picture I just posted up, uh, Jack, being a T-negative, so he's tyrosinase negative, um, more of the white shows through instead of, uh, and then our T-positive. See, that's why I like the T-mix. I like the white. <laughs> So uh, <laughs> instead of uh, the beige colors on the sides and the um, the lighter red, she wants a deeper red with more mm-hmm. white brought into, and then with each project, she wants to bring in uh, T negative to make the color stand out more. Has anybody done a pairing with T negative and T positive together? Has that been done? I believe it has been. She'd be able to answer that. I I know I've seen a picture of it. Let me see if I can find it real quick. I wonder what that looks like. <laughs> we should we should figure that out because that would be kind of cool. So or or not, yeah. we don't know. So now, see, I like the uh, I like the T positives. Uh, that's. And I like yes. the T negatives. The struggle continues. We will never yes. agree. My <laughs> <laughs> person was like the T negatives more. Yeah. <laughs> See, I have Pharrell. So it's, it's a thing of the same animal. 
Yeah. It's, it, it's uh, just, so. you don't, it's, you don't expect to see that kind of a color mix of like fire engine red and like white on, on a, on a snake. And that, I think is what's cool. So, mm-hmm. you know, that's, that's the one thing. And, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those things of, like I said before, teenagers are probably the only ones I'd let back in my room because they're appealing. But it, it, a lot of people who are not really exposed to Bloods and Borneos kind of don't really realize just how many combinations and morphs are out there. Like, they, they don't really even seem to notice. And that's what's it's weird to me. It's the uh, yeah. The Matrix, GoldenEye, Double Seven, Magpie. There's, there's a ton of them. There's tons, tons. So and there's and you guys aren't even done yet from what I keep hearing with the combinations and other things that are still being done. Plus, unlike Morelia, you guys have a uh, you can still import wild um, bloodlines. So the potential of even newer morphs down the road appearing in the wild or being brought over or all sorts of kinds of fun stuff. So, you know, it, it, you guys don't get half the credit I think you guys should get. So, there's a slow rise of people that are getting more interested. And actually, when um, we get inquiries for animals, it's more for what bloods we have for sale or when we're going to breed them and stuff like that than any of the carpets or anything else we have. So, there's definitely a lot more interest in it than you there was. That, uh, do you think that that has to do with people maybe moving away from the big snake, um, you know, uh, tr- hard to manage, you know, keep a keeping a breeding pair, pair of retics is no, no small feat, you know? No, <laughs> that could be some of it and more, more light shed on how interesting these animals actually are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I mean, you know, when you were talking about, uh, we've talked to Matt about this before, but, you know, when it comes to Borneo genetics, it's almost like, I know this is going to sound stupid, but the, it's almost like they're, it's like they're magic because nobody can tell me <laughs> that how it works. Stupid. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, well, that what I mean stupid. is... Yeah, but what I mean is, like, you know, it's just like, okay, well, you breed this crazy thing to this crazy thing, and you get more crazy things, and sometimes they're even more crazy than the crazy that you already bred, you know? Where, <laughs> There's a lot of unknowns, and they pop up yeah. so often, so I'll be like, what yeah. the hell is this thing? So I'll text <laughs> April, and be like, I don't know, let me find out. <laughs> right. <laughs> See, that's driving me crazy. So, well, I mean, it's... It, it, it's definitely very cool, and it's almost like now, Terrell. Would you? How would you recommend somebody who's just getting into it? Kind of like how would you get into it? Like what would prepare you for getting into Bloods and Borneos? Was it your work with carpets? Was it your work with retics? Or does or can nothing prepare you for this? And you just got to jump in two feet first. Gaboon vipers, man. I don't. I don't <laughs> like even. Keeping them is pretty much the same as I keep the carpets, but they're, they're far different. And it's I just had to have one in order mm-hmm. to, you know, play around with it and see how they, you know, what they do and stuff like that in order to, and then I got the next one and then the next one. And it's just <laughs> something you've got to dive in. Like, yeah. Right. <laughs> you think of yeah. Diapers. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. He said, "What when you were saying, what is what do you have that's yeah. like it?" Would you, like, uh, I know you guys are working on breeding and you guys are working on, obviously, selling. Would you recommend this as a beginner python, or would you say this is more of, like, Morelia, an intermediate, you got to kind of know what you're in for with this thing kind of animal? Definitely an intermediate animal. There's, I mean, they can take a lot, but you can do some damage quickly if you're not paying attention to what you're doing. Okay. What would be some of the mistakes that people make when keeping these 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 guys? Keeping them in uh, a bigger tub or enclosure and not giving mm-hmm. them enough to hide under because they naturally hide under leaf litter pretty much all the time. So if you're leaving them exposed, they stress out a lot. And I've, seen, I've personally seen it happen with, you know, you put a, you move from a 15 quart to a 28 or a 32, and then the snake doesn't want to eat it all. It will refuse until you put in something smaller. Actually, the T-positive that I posted earlier, when we got him, he was in a 28. I just moved him to a 41, and he refused. Uh-huh. Oh, my God. Out. Wow. Huh. <laughs> it's... It, it, it kind of almost brings to the whole, like, it, it, it happens a million times, and any snake breeder will tell you this. Somebody buys a baby, and they ask you what you're keeping it in, you tell them, and then they have issues, and they call you, and they're like, I don't know why you won't eat. I put the hatchling in a 45-gallon long aquarium, and you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, what the hell did you say? So it's like, so, so I guess that these guys can experience that kind of stress level easier is what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. So don't put a baby blood in a 45-gallon long tank. I learned something. So I found, especially with keeping a bigger water bowl and with the uh, younger ones in the six mm-hmm. quarts, they'll push the bowl around until it's practically in a corner and then wedge themselves behind it. Yeah, okay. I've seen that. I've seen so, that. Why are they doing that? Just for this is an excellent hiding spot, or humidity safe, or feel more secure because the space is now smaller by the the uh, bowl being in the way. Okay. Okay. Hmm. So multiple hiding spots are probably probably a good thing for these guys. Um, that's cool. All right, I can dig that. Which ones um, do you find? Um you know, uh, the most durable, I guess. Is that the right word? Uh, yeah, the, the hardiest. <laughs> it's a word. <laughs> oh. I would say the Sumatrans. I would have to agree so far. Okay. So the Sumatrans are, like, bulletproof compared to the other guys? From our experience, yeah. It's been uh, – the Sumatrans can – because even with the uh, the one the original that she got me, um, that one will push the paper around so it's basically flat and has no hiding space. And she eats better than any of the other ones I have. And she's <laughs> never been sick, especially because uh, I run ambient here. So during the winter, it gets pretty cold. And she's never been sick or anything. And the other ones I have to play with the temps a little more because you can tell when they're starting to get, like, they, they get nervous or they get shy when things aren't right for them. 
Okay. So when you say temps, you're looking at what, like an 80-degree ambient temp, and then what, you're given a hot spot? What's the hot spot? Uh, for the ones on, uh, well, I, I mean, I do have heat, so this winter they'll run uh, 82 or 84 to 86 for the hot okay. spot. And then the ambient in here is about 74, 75. Okay. Do you leave the heat, the hot spot on 24-7, or are you cycling that? I do 10 hours. I, I mean, do you guys think that that's kind of important? The more and more that I think about that, you know, like a, a snake in the wild uh, basically is going to be exposed to cooler temperatures at night and to keep them at that mm-hmm. constant. Well, I guess it depends on what species we're talking about, but... You know, for mm-hmm. the sake of you know, we're talking blood, short tails, and carpets. They're they they're gonna get you know, it's gonna get colder from where they're from at night. You know, do you think that that's important in uh, keeping the snake healthy long term? I do. I I um, especially when it gets really cool here, I've pushed it to see how how they react, and I have some. Uh, my oldest, or not my oldest, but one of the biggest, my normal, he um, will not use the heat almost ever during the winter. <clears throat> Even if it's air and it's cooler in the air, he won't go to it. But he'll still eat if I feed him and right. digest him properly. But it's just, and then I have another one that will constantly stay on heat. Okay. Huh, that's weird. Different <laughs> species or same species? Same species, and huh. um, the Borneos are pretty much the same. They'll the the hot spots are necessary for them. So right now I'm switching all of them over to they'll be in the rack with heat constantly. Now that it's getting it's getting almost below 50 here now, and it switched from it was like 70 at night a couple of weeks ago. Right. Hmm. Wow. Okay. Now feeding wise, you know, I mean. What do you let, let's let's start with say a juvenile you know uh, what you have in the hatchling tub what are you feeding and how often it, it depends it really depends what ours at least in my experience it depends on the snake some will eat rats right away some will only eat live rats um, and for the ones that are in the sixth court you're looking at a rat hopper or a mm-hmm. uh, a large mouse. And then your adults, it'll it'll range until, so you have your smalls, mediums, and larges. And the biggest, you'll give them an extra large, and they'll eat it. They'll continue to eat, really, until you don't feed them. But it just varies on the snake, at least here, for how we keep them. Right. Now, yeah, now, are you feeding them, is it, do you have like a, a set schedule, or is it you know just uh, this one looks hungry, or how, how do you work that out? We used to be really consistent with schedule, and then when I switched this year, the carpets to basically feeding them when they were you know sort of seeking out food and pacing back and forth, and I could see them doing it constantly. Uh-huh. I switched right over to that, and I haven't had any problems uh, doing it that way. I do feed them more than I would feed carpets, and during the winter, I'll feed them 
especially because these aren't breeders, the ones that I keep here. Um, April's breeds, especially because she's raising up the breeders. So she'll feed them uh, the hatchlings and the ones a little bit older once a week. Um, And then as they go up, it'll be once every week and a half, two weeks. Okay. Okay. So is there like a pitfall you don't really want to drop in there? Because I know that um, overfeeding can be an issue with any snake. I imagine with these larger bodied guys, that can happen pretty pretty effectively. So is there something you kind of want to avoid when it comes to feeding your blood, whether it be power feeding or a certain food type? Especially because they will always eat pretty much. If it's one that isn't shy and will eat consistently, they will eat if you put food in front of them. I I had to actually start feeding my bigger ones less because I would give them the leftovers when um, I would have babies that wouldn't eat or sub-adults that wouldn't eat like a small house or a small rat, and they would eat anything I would give them. So uh, you just throttle back, and you have to pay attention to... um, April has this cool picture, and I believe it's on the blood cell, uh, <laughs> how the spine is supposed to look. Yeah, so you, you just sent that over. It's like a chart of yeah. snake obesity in a blood. That's that's awesome. It's going right on to the Marley Python radio Facebook page. So continue. It's, so it's... Uh, <laughs> yeah, so, so it, where the ideal is is where... Um, I keep it on. I'll, I'll send another picture of one with this side profile. Okay. So it, it seems like you kind of want to, obviously with these snakes, it, it looks like, kind of like what you would expect for a carpet python, the large head with the thin body is like completely emaciated for these guys. So. Yeah. yeah they, <laughs> it's they, funny. It not, not work for these guys. Emaciated short tail looks like a carpet python. carpet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Um, wow, they can really, uh, they can, yeah, you, you can really feed them up. Your beast one sure. looks horrible. <laughs> <laughs> it, it has such a small head compared to the rest of <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, wow. Okay. So what about, uh, I mean, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place here, but um, what about uh, morphs? I mean, is there something that you guys want to get into? Uh, Something, I know you were talking that you guys are sort of putting T-neg to everything, but um, what about the Borneos? And do you see yourself getting into the caramel albinos and the Sumatrans, or are you just looking to make a jet black snake? when it comes to uh, to the Sumatrans? With the Sumatrans, yeah, we are going for the, uh, a jet black snake, and we actually uh, purchased an animal from... Let me post a picture of it. That we call Jewel. Um, let's see. So, yeah, we want to pick yeah. this snake here to... Um, we want to get a mail from uh, Kara. Ooh. Kara from Fairy Starts. Uh, yeah. Is it from Jackson? 
So this this one that I just posted is from Jet, Blonde Snake Jet, and then she wants yeah. to get a mail from uh, Jackson. Yeah. I think My, I have telling us about this at uh, Tinley. Um, I think I don't because you guys were talking Borneo's bloods and I was kind of tuning it out. So um, <laughs> I think you this. So and of course you just did we we gave you shit about that. So, uh, but yeah, I, I think she was talking about that because I I remember Jet being mentioned and uh, then her and Lon talking and yeah. Anyway, that was the end of that little tangent. Continue. What's and the? We'll uh, uh, go ahead. Sorry, man. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was going to say we we'll also do uh, Chrome heads as well, and we have we have two. Um, let's see. This is Dahlia. So you guys are just kind of really going for really dark kind of animals with these guys. Yeah, we're going to yeah, go both ways. We'll have a darker animal with a chrome head, and then we'll have the ones that are jet black. Okay. Now, yeah, I kind of uh, I've I've, all, <clears throat> I've always liked those ones with the chrome head. What about the ones with the orange head? Is that what the chrome head turns into? Uh, I know that there's a locality thing with those, and I'm not, I haven't worked out which one is which. Now she wants to do that because I only know that we want to do chromeds and we want to do the jet black ones. Now, as far as I know, I have a picture of we have orange head Borneos that we just got from um, Tim Mead. Okay. okay. She's saying, aren't what are we what are we looking at for that stuff? I mean, uh, okay, uh, what are we going for for that? Uh, with the Borneos, primarily she wants to do um, a stripe project. So we have a female that uh, a VPI stripe that we have, and we also have a male side swipe, which Kara believes is a recessive trait. So. We're going to be working with that, and then she's also going to be working out on that as well to try and prove that out. And I'll put up a picture of that as well. Because um, those are the sideswipe is probably my favorite, especially because it's a Borneo. Those are my absolute favorite. So we have a male and female um, from that. Now, what is the sideswipe project? I mean, is that just this crazy striping? Is it? Is it specific genetics? Is it incomplete dominant? How does it work? Is it line bred? Right now, um, as far as I know, Kara's not sure exactly what it is. She just believes that it may be recessive, so she's working on that herself. She um, knows what exactly is going on with that. Mm -hmm. And what are your guys' plans for it when it comes to – are you guys kind of just kind of – playing around with it until it gets proven out, or are you already planning on what you guys want to do with it? Yeah, so we want to put, this is our male, Jeffrey. <laughs> That's a great name. <laughs> so, all right. Um, and then we want to put him to his UPI stripe to make uh, some clean, nice striped animal. So the top one is a striped animal, or is that the side swipe? That's the swipe. Okay. Just so I know, because all these pictures will be up on uh, 
Marley Python Radio's Facebook page. If you are listening on the podcast, you can go over there to see all the pictures that we're talking about. So just in case you're interested, but post this up there. So basically on the side swipe thing, there's one, two, three, four, five, six stripes. There's a yellow, looks like a dark chocolate, a tan, a white, dark chocolate again, and then like an orange-brown. It's That's pretty wild. Yeah, it's almost like what everybody wants in a tiger carpet. So... <laughs> <laughs> Now, that is going to be our focus for, um, as far as Borneans go, that'll be the the one we start with next uh, next breeding season. Okay. So, do the the stripe, the side swipe, and then uh, see what happens, what actually comes of that. Yeah, that's that's pretty wild looking. I am a sucker for stripes. You know that the... Top part of that kind of looks like the, uh, the Halloween thing that Lon has, but then once you get past that, you know, when a stripe kicks in, it's just, it's just wow, very cool. Um, what about uh, as far as Borneos go? Is there any thing that you guys are looking to get into that you're not into? Uh, the blue ghost. Blue ghost. Okay. Blue ghost. All right. You guys don't have any of those? No, not yet. But it is high up there on the list. Because I love that look. You know, particularly... What, a blue ghost? Yeah, I'm going to go grab a picture (laughs) that can... So... Okay. I think think Matt showed us pictures of those once, and... Oh, that is cool looking. Oh. Anyway, um... (laughs) Uh-oh. And I love how, how Terrell gets, like, I love how we're like, you don't have that yet? And Terrell got like, no. It's like it's like everybody, every surfer in the world where it's like, you don't have that yet? No. No, I no. don't. And, like, you're kicking the can across the street. So it's like, yeah. So that is kind of cool. But I'm going to throw that up on the uh, Facebook page as well. It's for anybody who knows wants to know what that looks like. Did so. you put it over in the uh, group message, too? I will get there. All right. <laughs> Come. All right. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm going to put this up, and Matt's like, that's not a blue ghost, you idiot. So it's... Um... <laughs> <laughs> you don't even know if it is? Oh, forget it. <laughs> this show went downhill quickly. <laughs> Quick, Darrell, get Worst. him out of the driver's seat. Worst episode ever. <laughs> yeah. Um... What about uh, you guys have any thoughts on the, uh, wasn't there the new, uh, what was it, the T-plus albino that was in now in the Borneos? Something that piqued your interest or not, not so currently. That isn't on the radar yet. And it's it's more in, um, we had a set list of things to get and that just hasn't hit the list yet. Gotcha. I'm trying to is, find. Is there anything kind of outside of Borneo bloods and other things that you are looking at wanting to get into? Um. Yeah. So, um, in in bloods, 
she wants to eventually bring in the uh, the Lily line into the collection. Okay. And then um, there will be – we don't have any um, – um, I personally can't wait until we get magpies, but that will be <laughs> further down the road. Um, and the double seven. So with all of those right. – I do we'll like the double sevens. We'll be adding a T negative to all of those. Oh, geez. so <laughs> damn it! All right, what would what would a T neg double seven look like? And then, <laughs> hold on, that on yet at all? Ever yet? I'm sorry. The TNEG 007 been done at all? Not that I'm aware of. No. I think they just made heads so far. I think there's Uh-oh. a lot of heads out there. Okay. So uh, is, is T-negative relatively new, and it just hasn't really made its way through all the different morphs, or is it kind of just that it just hasn't made its way through all the different morphs yet? It's It's working its way through a lot more morphs now. Yeah, I hmm. think I I think it takes a little longer maybe to uh to grow them up and you know, I don't know. Is it are are the short tail complex relatively, you know, new with morphs becoming available? Um I think it was just what maybe gosh, what was it? 2010 maybe or 2011 when VPI first produced the Magpie, maybe something like that. So I guess yeah. it's a little bit longer. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah. Because hmm. you I have a whole bunch of now, so some have probably been around in smaller collections, just not in right. circulation. Right. Because I remember and when I had first heard of Bloods, uh, tomato bombs and cherry bombs were what was popular then. And then mm-hmm. Matrix agree, and that it came not that much longer after that. Hmm. Yeah, I think so, hearing about it. I wonder True. too with and, the. Uh, go ahead, Owen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, well, I mean, Matt and uh, April kind of having this little side conversation on the uh, uh, on the message thing, where it's like apparently there is a pied blood out there so uh, are do you know yeah. of any other kind of morphs like that that are you're waiting for them to be reproduced i mean you've already mentioned the side swipes is something that we're waiting to be confirmed so do you know of any morphs that are still- numerous yeah. ones uh, like leopard was one for a while that i had seen oh she posted the picture before i could get to it of the pied one uh, oh that's Weird looking. <laughs> I will put that up. All right. So, so is this just? Uh, I assume is a wild caught animal that just somehow is now in the states, and we're hoping breeds. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know where that that picture has been floating around for a while, and I don't know who owns that snake. 
because it, it right. circled, circled around on Facebook for a while, okay. especially last year. Well, yeah, I, I imagine those things happen, but, jeez, that would be cool. So. Yeah, there's still the, uh, um, what is it, uh, VPI works with it, um, the, what, the wrought iron, I think it's called? Yeah, um, wrought iron, and then there's also uh, the flower, I believe. The flower? Huh. Never heard of that one. Wow. <laughs> Wow, That's so there cool. are, there, there, so there's like at least what we've covered now is like four or five morphs that have not been yet reproduced or morphs that have not yet been confirmed just in these guys right here. So mm-hmm. I'm there's a like lot of, I was going to say other unproven ones would be blonde, uh, I believe the ghost ivory, the calico, mm-hmm. and um your pied. So there's just a few of them out there. Wow. Well, that's, I mean, that's cool. Uh, do you see, do you think that, um, you know, with the, with the influx of these new morphs into the, uh, hobby that, um, bloods will, bloods and short tails will get more attention or what? what's your thoughts there? I think so. I think they will. I, I hope they do because it's they're fun snakes to own. They really are, and they should get more attention than they do. And I'm glad that more people are asking about them and want to see, you know, what happens. Or it's take a T negative albino, for instance, when it's young, it's orange and white, like bright orange, and then it turns into you know this bright red, yellow and white snake. So a lot of people like seeing stuff like kind of like with carpets how they don't look. They're very drab when they're younger, and then they turn yeah. into something but thick. It's it's pretty much the same thing. Hmm. And that, that, just a, I, I just posted up a picture of the flower um, blood on Riley Python Radio. It's funky looking. <laughs> so um, that's really all the words I can have for that animal is that is funky looking. So cool. Oh yeah, I just looked at the uh um April is like sending thing. us all the things that are getting like the picture of the wrought iron and everything. These are some of these things look amazing. Like the wrought iron is like this grayish kind of charcoal it's just really cool looking. So and a lot of dark color on it. So that's cool. So there's a lot yeah. of attention to these things. So they the need to uh the coloration is, of what? Um, the rod iron is similar to um to Mead has a snake uh that he named Oreo. Oh, okay. okay. So there there are a lot like that. Is that do you think maybe that there's some kind of relationship between those or uh that I'm not sure. They're pretty mm-hmm. different. But color wise they're pretty similar. Do you guys see cool. yourselves do you guys see yourselves maybe getting uh you know, wild caught stuff to try to prove out different morphs or anything like that? Uh that would 
That's a great question. And April would be usually when we bring in new animals, she'll say, I want to work with this and I want to do this. And none of it has ever led to, I want to bring in wild pop stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To be the first to make this or to do that. She's more into, and that's where I, where I got into it with her as well is she just wants to breed and raise up the best animals that he can because to us, number one, they're, they're our pets. Every single one of them except two animals has names. So, I mean, we hang out with them. We take them places when we go do educational stuff. And so we're not trying to be the, the number one to beat whoever to this morph or that morph and be on top of, you know, that particular market. Yeah. Yeah, I would think uh I would think that, you know, I think that if you had something crazy like uh, you know, like a piebald and you know, they were talking about it in the chat where they were saying that um you know, it would bring maybe people that you don't necessarily want into uh into the uh into the hobby. Um, You're right. You know, um and I think um, the thing of it is, is that I see is that people that are, you know, I guess looking to chase that kind of thing might go to chase, uh, you know, that route to be the person that has the new and greatest morph or, you know, something like that. It could could be bad. Uh, yeah, I would imagine a wild-caught blood, it's probably difficult to acclimate and probably takes a long time. You know, mm-hmm. probably yeah, vinegar. Really, really special. I highly doubt that will happen. Yeah, yeah, and, and I imagine you got to have a really nice kind of a quarantine-like setup if you're going to bring in animals direct from a wild or even from yeah. one of the dealers. You got to be able to do what, know what you're doing, and keep your stuff safe. So, you know, a whole separate new room. Yeah, and we're very particular about the animals that we have in our collection, and especially with what comes in, who who even sees them outside of pictures. So, you know, try to eliminate other problematic things that can happen. Right. Well, that that makes makes sense. sense. Yeah, and I mean, wild stuff. I mean, let's, let's, let's get this straight. If somebody offered me like a Pied white lip, I'd get a boat to bring it over here. But you know, there's certain <laughs> things that aren't worth it. So, um, then obviously there's like you said, you're not in this for making the first morph of that or this, that, or the other thing. So, why even mess around with that stuff? Or you just open yourself up to something real bad hitting your collection. So, mm-hmm. and there's also totally. a lot of a lot of issues with other you know, people that are trying to get in when you have the first of something. And that's also mm-hmm. something I really want to be a part of either. Unless it's something that, we, you know, we breed in-house and it happened, we prove it out, and then this is ours. And we have more information <laughs> on it. But... I, see, I imagine that would be the greatest thing in the world, but it would be, like, bittersweet. Because, like, exactly what you're saying, you don't want to deal with, like, being the first person to hatch this thing. I'd be like, holy crap, that's amazing. Son of a bitch, what do I do now? <laughs> so, 
I'd end up like selling it to like Nick or somebody. Be like, just, just freaking take it. Just no, I don't want to be responsible. So I totally understand that. <laughs> but um, so there's uh, so we covered that. We covered this. The next thing I can think of is. Um, we we did cover what would be like uh, the sturdier of the species. Is there one that's a little bit more fragile than the others? Uh, Borneos. Borneos. Okay. And what do you think makes them more fragile than some of the other guys? Uh, humidity requirements, it's a, especially here in Southern California, because it's so dry, it's hard to keep it up consistently. So okay, um, you'll run into RI problems a lot quicker. And it seems to be more with them than any other species. Wow. Now, that's crazy because here I find that the bloods are the more sensitive of the group. Uh, I find Borneos pretty, I don't know. But I guess that could be the difference between the West Coast and the East Coast, which always goes to our point when we're talking about, uh, you know, making sure that – the person that you're taking your, you know, uh, keeping re- recipe, I guess, so to speak, is that uh, in a similar spot to you, or you're going to have to adjust a bit, you know. That's why mm-hmm. doing some research on the species itself and where it's from and what's the environment like and all those kind of things really, uh, really are kind of important because if you run into a problem, you can sort of, you know, learn to read the snake and, you know, make adjustments on the fly, but, uh, right. You know. So very cool. That, that's kind of important. Okay. Um, did, uh, I wanted to, uh, hit on, um, your, uh, recently you guys started up a YouTube page, you know, what's, yeah. what was your, what was your thoughts behind that? And, uh, what do you hope to do with it? Um, I found, because I'm on YouTube pretty much all day, every day, that I'm <laughs> talking to people. Because what what started it was is we like to be very interactive with the people that mm-hmm. follow us on our Instagram, Facebook, whatever it is. We like to constantly be in touch with the with the people. So a lot of people wanted to see update videos or you know let me see your collection instead of taking. 90 pictures, it was easier to take a video. So I did. I originally did just a quick one for um, half the carpet collection, and then that everybody loved that. And I, I mean, I thought it was crap because that was just hmm. you know the idea of putting something up on YouTube. And so I did a second one, and then did it cleaner. And then that's that's when the, the, the comments come in. When are you guys going to do a blood one? When are we going to see short tails and stuff like that? So. Um, that's that's where that came from, and where where I want to go with it is just to you see a lot of videos on YouTube, and a lot of them either aren't in HD, a lot of them are vertical instead of landscapes. So you're looking at you know like you could tell that it was taken on a, on a cell phone. So mm-hmm. you want a, a cleaner, you know, when you're looking at the animal, you're actually looking at the animal itself and not a pixelated version of it. So I wanted to just provide a better look than a lot of videos that you see online. 
And we also do, like, um, working on one right now for giving shots to your animal with the orientation that we use for the needle itself and then what step-by-step of what we're doing while mm-hmm. while watching it happen so that people get a better grasp of what, what's happening in the video and stuff like that. Instead of just me talking over it in 30 seconds saying I'm taking a shot of me giving a shot to the snake and then do it and that be it. We want it to be more informative than that. I'll show you something that I'm working on for that. Okay. So a lot of like uh, how to hold the needle, what kind of shots to give versus different types of medication kind of stuff? Yeah, because we have a fantastic vet out here. So anytime something serious happens, no matter what snake, it could be, you know, one of the $5 normal ball pythons we have or, you know, one of our really expensive snakes, they're they're going to see the vet and we're going to mm-hmm. take So, um, in that, we wanted to, when you get the shots from the vet, what it is that you're actually giving to the animal, how to do it when you're at home. Because a lot of times, the vet will explain it to you when you're there, but it's very quick. And then when you get home, you know, and you give it a second one, a couple days later, you may have forgotten or the direction that you're doing or how you're giving the shot and stuff like that. So we want to just kind of put it out there how we do it and how, you know, we've done it with that instruction for mm-hmm. different things. That that is that is insanely important. I mean, even just the orientation of the bevel on the needle can go from making it really really easy to God damn it, this is difficult. So um, that's good. I like I like that idea. That's a good idea. So yeah, I've seen I've had people ask me how to get a shot this and then them FaceTime me and show me how they're trying to do it. It's like you're really going to injure your animal because you know you're scared. <laughs> of giving the snake a shot, you're afraid you're going to get bit and stuff like that. So yeah, it's nice to yeah. have a guide as to how to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it, that's cool. I like that idea. And a lot of the stuff that we do with our actual website is in resources on how, you know, where we get our information from, where you can go if, you know, you have questions about, your blood python and stuff like that. Like with our blood python care, we got that from Kara. So we have a link to how she does it because we didn't feel we needed to make a new one because her her way of doing it has worked for us and we think it's great. So that's what we use and that's what we suggest to people. Okay, and and I see you're also including like pictures and stuff of what to look for if your snake is kind of cruising towards a RI or some stuff like that? Yeah. Okay. So I like that idea because it kind of gives the novice a little bit of a, or somebody who's just never had a sick snake before, uh, ideas of what to look for and how to kind of combat this one. So that's cool. Very cool. Very Yeah, there's, a, <clears throat> there's not a lot of... Uh... I, I'm I'm kind of like you, Terrell. I kind of look for new videos all the time of people and reptiles, and you know, um, if it's not Owen's favorite Bigfoot, then I'm looking for. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you <laughs> the hell uh, 
I almost I almost killed you. Anyway. <laughs> uh then it's reptile videos and um, you know, people, you know, don't really they, I don't know, it's just a an underused uh, medium, I guess you would say. I th- I think. Yeah. You know? And we get a lot of response. Like um because I wasn't expecting a lot of people to actually watch the stuff that we did. Because it was just quick stuff. Um, just like, here's our collection. This is what we work with. You know, you see pictures of them all the time. But here, here's actually what we have. And um, a lot of the comments on YouTube is like, this is great. This is informative. You know, it's nice to actually see these animals. Yeah, you know, other than in a picture. Right. So, um, we... We'll continue to do stuff like that, but a lot of it will be um, when we have something that we need to do to an animal or, you know, if I need to assist feed one or something like that, then I'll do a video of that explaining exactly what it is that we're doing. And it works well with the bloods other than carpets because they're bigger. So, like, in the shot that I just showed of April giving a shot, you can actually see what's going on. And with the way that she does it, the snakes don't freak out that much. They don't turn around and try to come at her and stuff like that because she's very good. She's gotten very good at doing it. So mm. we try to show people just, you know, it, it's not as scary as it seems, but you know, it takes practice to do it. it so here's the steps of it, how, how it, it does. It. It, it does. I would agree with you because it's like, I mean, I, I'm pretty sure an entire day, worth of uh, one of my courses in college was doing injections on various animals and some people are going to a vet and the vet's like so you shoot the snake with this and there you go get out so um, it's kind of it can be daunting sometimes for some people yeah so so I mean and we're not definitely. Experts, but we're, we're also people like the people that are on YouTube looking for instruction on how to do this so yeah we just you know, take it upon ourselves to at least give a better example than a lot of the stuff you would see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you've you've been there. You know where it's going. So, mm-hmm. and we'll cool. do other videos. We've had requests for other types of videos, which I'll do when I get around to it. But it also takes a lot <laughs> of time to edit how we want it to look. It takes a while to edit it and make the slides for it and stuff like that. If you want it to be clean and presented nice. Right, so you're going to take the time to do it right rather than having a shaky phone yeah. video, like you know, <laughs> and then the orientation keeps changing. Yeah, good, good job. That that's good. We we like that. So, Eric's probably way overjoyed that he now has a whole new YouTube channel to prowl around on. <laughs> yeah, isn't it true? Well, I got a couple more. A couple more. The the uh, giving the injections will be the next one. There's a couple more coming after that. Uh, that I've been piecing together, like um, the footage she took from Tinley. So that'll be one of the other things that I put together. But instead of just throwing up the videos separately that she took, I'm actually going to clip it together and make it look, you know, presentable. Right. So if you were there and you see yourself in it, you know, be like, oh, there I am. Instead of like, yeah, to watch this <laughs> video that I posted two weeks ago. <laughs> right. I got you. So. You know, live vicariously through April of going to Tinley with you know editing the movie footage. I got you. Uh, I'm so upset about that, but <laughs> 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 <for> next year. <laughs> uh, 
trying to get April to buy some carpet pythons and just like not tell you or something like that, but she's <laughs> being rude about it. Like, so you owe Eric and Owen this much money. They're like, okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, that we I was pushing for that. Eric was like, no, no, no. I'm like, yes, it's great. Ruining. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, you know, April did well. So. Yeah. That's awesome. There was a, uh, you know, I don't know if it's just because I was next to the Borneo King or what, but, you know, standing next to Matt, um, but there seemed like there was more short tails um, at Tinley this year than I've seen in the past. Um, I don't know. That Apparently Matt was talking about how they're going to have um, – what he kept calling it, Bloodfest at the next Tinley, where they're going to get <laughs> yeah, all the Borneos in the blood. Which, by the way, it, it, you might want to just get involved with Blood Pythons just so you can be a part of some really kick-ass get-togethers that are called Bloodfest. I mean, <laughs> we have Carpet Fest, but that is the Bloodfest sounds infinitely better. Anyway, yeah. um, they were talking about having like uh, almost like a carpet row with the Bloods and Borneo breeders. So, Terrell, maybe you not go into this Tinley is cool as long as you just make it to the next Tinley, which will be Bloodfest. And I imagine yeah, it'll be Kevin uh, so it can, you know, cool logos. I don't want to see the thousand pictures that are like, oh, this is awesome. And, oh, I just talked to Eric and Owen. I'm like, shut up. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was, you know what? Terrell, you needed that because it happened to me when Eric went out there without me. So you have that one moment where they're out there, and then it never happens again because it pissed you off that much. So, no, screw it. I'm going yeah, to the next one. Uh, so, yeah. This isn't, this isn't happening next year. <laughs> yeah, it's worth so, it. Tinley hey, is, is a good time for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And, and apparently going to be the site of Bloodfest. So, you know, if you guys are interested, in blood pythons, I would uh, start talking to your bloods and Borneo breeders and see if they're going to be there. And why not take over? Everybody. I think that'd be funny. Yeah, everybody should be interested in blood pythons. I should just share. Uh, well, I think uh, I think a key is um, seeing adults. You know, I see that more and more yeah. from from seeing people and and shows they do. And I think with I think pythons just in general, um, you know. Uh, seeing the adults is kind of like uh, really a, a, a nice a nice touch if somebody's sitting on the fence. Speaking of somebody mm-hmm. sitting on the fence, if somebody was sitting on the fence, you know, because most of the people that, you know, listen to us are into Morelia and carpets and stuff like that, you know, what would you tell that person that's sort of like, uh, you know, wanting to pull the trigger on getting some short tails but not quite there yet? What? What do you what do you say to that person? Just troll around on bloodpythons.com com for you know a few minutes, or talk to Matt or Lon. Just look at Blood Python the Facebook group, and you'll see why they're they're so awesome. I mean, you can talk to plenty of people that have them and that breed them, and they'll tell you that they're pretty they're pretty cool animals. They they really are, and I I can't express that enough. Like like I said. I'm more of a carpet guy, but I spend more time with my blood than I do with my carpets. Now, oh, now, oh, we don't like you anymore. Um, there's um, now is there 
for somebody getting fresh into it, brand, brand new, is there a certain type, whether it be age, sex, um, locale, that you would recommend for your first blood Borneo? Uh, I would, me personally, I would push more towards Borneos. Okay. A, yeah, that hatchling. Mm-hmm. I I haven't had as much. I've had younger bloods and ones of Botrin that have been aggressive when they're younger, but never had that from a Borneo. Hmm. Okay. If you want a production to one, at least from my standpoint, I would go with Borneos. And I'm biased towards them, so that plays a part in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that makes sense. So. But I will say the one that April got me as a present, her name's Morticia. She is probably the sweetest Sumatran ever in personality. We took her to uh, do a um, rally at the Petco by where April used to live. And there's this little girl that as soon as she saw her, she was she was kind of standoffish as soon as she had gotten in her face. But we let her hold her, and she's walking around with my snake. Like, I thought she was going to steal her. And she just be <laughs> walk by with, with my force my, in one hand. She's just, like, dangling me around. I'm like, oh, no, that's my snake. <laughs> but she, didn't, she didn't piss. She didn't, she didn't do anything. And she's been like that the entire time I've had her. Hmm. Interesting. That, that, that is a definite, um, you should, like, quick take pictures so when people are like, they're nasty, you start showing them, really? Then why is this little child holding it? So, <laughs> yeah. you know, one of those things. Um, it, but that is cool. It sounds like you guys do a lot of, like, outreach type of stuff. And, um, you know, yeah. the, uh, I'm curious about that because I've thought about that as of recent um, a lot. Um, how do you how do you get involved in that kind of stuff? Um, uh, we're in a lot of the local Facebook groups. So, um, especially with Petco, they they used to do it once a year, but now they do it fairly often. Because the one by my work does it too, where they'll have uh, what they call reptile rallies, and it's basically people will bring in you know, they're reptiles, and you can talk about it with other people. And usually if it's the first time that that certain location's done it, there isn't that many people there. And it's usually, you know, you'll see a bearded dragon that's some, a lot of, you'll see a lot of bearded dragons, actually, and leopard geckos and stuff like that. But as you start to bring more things that people aren't usually comfortable with or haven't, aren't familiar with at all, you, it attracts more people. And so we started doing it that way, and then... We would go to, uh, like, events where people would have a reptiles in the park day, and we would just show up and then, you know, talk reptiles with people and then go out and just you see people walking by in the park and they see you with the snake, and at first they freak out because they're not used to seeing it, and then they come over and they're curious. And I'm going to show a picture from last year. We did a – we went to somebody's event that was by the beach, and there was a lot of people there, and the first – 30 minutes, nobody wanted to come near the tables that were at or any of the people with their uh, tegus or monitors walking around and stuff like that. And then after about 30, 30 minutes to an hour, it was like all these people that weren't even a part of the event, they were just walking by in the park, wanted to come, you know, touch the snakes and 
there's a couple people that broke their fear of them because they weren't around them ever. They just heard things about them. Right. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of what we gear to do is not force people to, you know, don't be afraid of snakes. Here's one, hold it. But have them come up and interact with it on their own terms. Yeah, I think uh I think that's a that's a real good thing, you know. I think that most people when they see somebody else interacting with an animal and you know, the animal's not causing them harm, it sort of, you know, makes them sort of think in the back of their head, um, you know, maybe what I heard isn't true, you know, maybe this isn't that, you know, I mean yeah. You and you think, will get people that don't I mean, they're just they're afraid of snakes. There's nothing you can mm-hmm. do about it. You just don't want to pressure yeah. them into yeah. not harmless. Your fear is dumb. Yes. This it is. It's one of those things where I I mean I Terrell, you're on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I think that this kind of like snakes in the park and also this stuff, I think that usually is like a more of a warmer climate thing because I can't imagine us having snakes in the park in December around here. So, um, <laughs> no, it would not end well. Yeah. So, but I do know that certain outreach programs, there are ways around to do that, uh, or joining, joining your local herpetological society. And I think it's great that you guys are doing that because any good press that the reptile community can get is fantastic. Um, especially when there are a plethora of idiots that are doing nothing but giving us bad press. So Yeah. Speaking of that, April is actually doing a talk at um the local society meeting tomorrow on short uh-huh. tales. Ah. See, so that's, that's also something else we'll be into uh doing. That is, is that your local herb society? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was. Have, I, I was. You have, you have to, to join. Member to go. Pay, uh, uh, normally, from what sure. I heard, you have to pay. Normally, for the one around here, you have to pay dues and you go. And they have the meetings are like every other month, and it's at a library, and it does have like talks, and they encourage you can bring your animals, and you know, there's like food and drinks, and somebody usually is up giving a presentation, so. If you are in an area, I would encourage anybody to look up and join your local herpetological society. They're kind of cool. So I've been meaning to join the one up here because now I'm up in Lancaster. Um, so I have to go join that one. That's my closest one. So, so yeah, those know. are. that's pretty much how we approach um, getting not only our name there, but what what we do and who we are. And stuff like that, because it isn't about just breeding to us. Yeah, we have animals that we want to breed because we want to see what happens, because I want kick-ass snakes, and if I can make them myself, <laughs> well, but, you know, there's a ton of people that don't, they look at what you do, and they think it's ridiculous, because they're afraid of the animals. They have no idea how awesome they are. So if you can show people you know, how cool it is, then you can usually sway opinions. Hmm. But yeah, that is true. The first one from the, the uh, beach event where all of these people wanted nothing to do with any of these animals, and then by the end of the day, we can get them to leave when we're getting ready to back up. 
Very cool. So, yeah, I mean, that that's more power to you for doing that kind of stuff. Outreach programs are awesome. Um, now, just like a little kind of uh, thing here, we're not recommending that you take your really pissed off, unhappy blood outside and start showing it to children. I mean, obviously, yeah. make a smart choice and uh, don't use that one. So um, Yeah, definitely. <laughs> bad press. We don't want bad press. So that is cool, though. We'll have to wait for Eric to start giving talks at the Philly Herpetological Society. Um, <laughs> now that he knows, now that he knows that that's an option, I imagine that'll happen quickly. So. No, it won't. Well, I remember when I was young. <laughs> I remember when I was young. Uh, my dad took me to the uh, the Philly Herp, uh, you know, Philly Herp Society's meetings, and I I thought it was kind of cool, but I I was really really young when when I he heard took the me. Philly Herp is is pretty freaking big. I heard that society is actually a pretty big one, which is surprising. I don't know. It's so good to interact with people uh, outside of, you know, social media and all that bullshit. And it's just, I don't know. It's so much, you know, uh, talk to people in person and, and, you know, get to know them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that to me is, will win every single time. Yeah. At a house from behind the computer, so it's very rewarding when you can have somebody that feels that they're terrified of something, and then you show it to them, and then they can actually see it in person. And it's not as vicious or dangerous as they think it is. And then when you actually take that time to explain to them what it is, compared to what they see or hear on TV or on Facebook or wherever, and you get that yeah. reaction from when they're excited now to know more about them. That's that's basically why I do it, personally. Terrell, is the, what's the number one thing you hear from people who may have been hesitant about snakes when they uh, approach the ones that you bring out into the public? The main thing is um, if they're venomous. That's the, that's the <laughs> first thing anybody ever asks. You're like, well, is it venomous? Like, no. But is it going to eat my child? Look at the snake. Does it look like it's going to eat your child? <laughs> my favorite was, are they slimy or uh, stuff like that? No, they're just shiny. So, um, but I, they can people can say some weird stuff when they're confronted touch, with a snake. Touch is public. also a, another huge thing for people, mm. especially because my mom is deathly afraid of snake. Well she was. And then I made her go to the event that we we did by my house last last year. And I didn't tell her, but there were snakes on the ground. So when she came up and she's talking to me, I'm holding one, distracting her. And then she looks down and there's snakes everywhere. And by then she was already petting the one that was in my hand. And she's like, Oh, this isn't as bad as I thought it was and then she she's like, Oh, oh wow. <laughs> They're everywhere. <laughs> Thank God that didn't backfire. Um, so, <laughs> I was like, if you step on my snake, we're going to have some real Yeah, problems. exactly. Real problems. <laughs> wow. No, but she, she's bad. good with that kind of stuff. But that only works with her. Like, I wouldn't have done that with anybody else because I know my mom. But normally, right. we usually are holding the snake, and then people come up and then want to touch it, and then they want to know, is it a boa? Usually. Mm-hmm. 
is it an anaconda? <laughs> nice. That's the funniest looking ball python I've ever seen. Get away from me. Yeah. So, <laughs> nice. It's uh, stuff like that. So, That's so cool. uh, we got about uh, ten minutes left. So, what else did you want to hit on uh, that maybe we didn't hit on as far as blood pythons and short tails go? Anything else you? Uh, we're dying to get out there. Uh, no, I think we hit on pretty much everything um, as far as what we do, how we keep them, and um, how we uh, plan to approach our breeding projects and stuff like that. Uh, we take our time with us, with especially with the blood pythons and stuff like that, because we'll get younger ones and will grow them up. And if it's something that you want to breed and it's not that look you're going for, you don't have to breed it just because, yeah, you can find something else if you want to, um, which is what we do. If it's not going to fit the project, the look that we're going for, then, you know, then you have a cool pet. You don't have to just breed it because you have it or you're in a hurry to catch up to everybody else. And just breed, breed, breed. You know, mm-hmm. they're animals, for one, and they they can be very sensitive. So just yeah. pay attention to the animal itself, and you should be pretty good. They're they're pretty hardy in most cases. You'll have, especially with the fluctuations here that we have, we've gotten it down to where you'll have animals getting sick all the time. But it also depends mm-hmm. on where you're at. What your particular animal and how you choose to interact with that animal. Okay, cool. So now, uh, now we covered all the blood stuff. Um, you are going to breed your Morelia this year, right? Yes, I am. Um, so what are you, year, what are you staring down for that? Like what's your, uh, what's your season looking like for them? This year I didn't, um, I was going to get some more adults earlier in the year, uh, adult females, so that they'd be acclimated and have a uh, six-month period where they were, you know, mite-free and stuff like that before I introduced them to any of my other animals. But I didn't do any of that. I want to keep it light this year because I want to focus a lot more on the particular locality stuff more than just making morphs and stuff like that. But in saying that, the first pairing I want to do this year is our albino to albino jag. Okay. Which will be the base for our snow project when I get around to doing it eventually. But I want to start with, when I do that stuff, I want to start with animals that I produce myself. Mm Mm-hmm. So we'll do, you know, we'll get albinos out. I may do... Um, our IJ girl again, the dark one. I'm probably, I'm sure you've seen pictures of her before. Yeah. She, um, I got a IJ head granite, 100% head granite earlier in the year, so I may do that. But that's that's another thing of what I was saying. Just because I have them, I'm going to breed them, and that's not really what I want to do. So I may just wait on that as well and just do the albinos. But next okay. year, I'll be uh, picking up two, two more 
exanthic females. I did get the super zebra head exanthic and zebra head exanthic this year from Psychotic. So that'll be a cornerstone for a lot of my projects going forward with some other stuff that I that I'm gonna get that's gonna be pretty cool. But it's gonna be a slow process. I'm not really in a rush to produce anything that I have to get out this year. Cool. Awesome. That should be uh what it was what did you say? Xanax or zebra head exanic to super zebra head exanic? Yeah. Wow. Damn. <laughs> That's a pretty good pair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That'll, that'll, be, that'll be pretty fun, and especially getting a male zebra head exanic. I have a lot of pause head female exanics that uh-huh. I want to do some stuff with, and later down the line as they get older, because like I said, I've been growing them pretty slow. I'm not really in a rush, but when yeah. I get into that kind of stuff, you'll see a lot more production-wise from that. But we'll, we'll, I'll do the snows. I uh, have the stuff to do, ghosts, that I could do next year, but I'll, I'll probably hold off on that as well just to see how the year turns out because I want to switch a lot of the caging over and get all new caging for everything. So that'll probably be what my project for this coming year. So that's why I want to yeah. keep the uh, the hatchling rate low for this this coming season. Right. Very cool. What do you What are you switching to? You're moving from uh, what? Rack I'm gonna go to the, the visions, the visions, and the uh, vision D70s for all the males, and then um, animal plastics four by twos and six by twos for the uh, the two biggest female coastals I ever both over. They're getting close to nine feet. So things will be in the six by twos. That's my and kind of the four by twos. Cool. That's nine foot coastal. Now you're speaking my language. So Yeah, I think I posted a picture of one of them yesterday. That's cool. Yeah, that's right up your alley, Owen. No, it is. I mean that's Bigger the better. <laughs> so, you know. Yeah. What I want. The Stripe Coastal, is, I bred her this this last year, and that was the one I did uh, internal incubation with. And okay. it took a lot out of it. So this year and next year, he won't be bred. And I have a Russian tiger male that will be ready by the time I get around to breeding her again. So I may put him to her. And then I, um, I may do another just Russian to Russian. It just depends on how, which direction I want to go with that, because this is a pretty cool stripe coastal. Mm-hmm. And the babies came out awesome, and I was actually surprised because it was just going to be I wanted to do it and keep them all just for myself, but there was a lot of people that wanted them, so I ended up selling a few of them. And I was still being greedy and holding back a bunch of them because I wanted to, but I was I was actually overwhelmed with how many people wanted, you know, these, it's just a coastal to ivory looking jungle. But the babies, yeah. almost, almost all of them look exactly. Hmm. Huh. That's good. That's pretty cool. Some, the, a, the market will surprise you sometimes. Well, you're like, this is dirt. No one wants it. Everybody tries to buy it. And so, yeah. you know, it's, I was like, all right, cool. I got some babies that I can play around with. And it's like, do you have any more of those striped ones? Because a lot of them came yeah. out with the cool stripes. 
So I was like, yeah, damn it, I'm running straight. <laughs> so I kept, I kept a couple of them for myself that I will hang on to and then grow them up. But there's one that's completely silver with the brightest eyes out of all of them. So I, I, I'm curious to see what happens with that. But that's more of just not to sell because they're crosses that I just wanted to do for myself. But mm-hmm. I got some pure, like uh, my Atherton that I have from Derek Roddy. I'm going to get another a male or a female to go with him. And then uh, do that, do just Atherton's, and I have some of his NG line stuff. That I have another female coming in that looks very much exantic. So I may... He's curious what's going on there, and I'm kind of curious too. So that'll that'll be one of the things I have going in the background. Yeah, I have a bunch of that uh, NG stuff, and man, it's such a variety in the clutch that that, Mm -hmm. that those animals throw. Yeah, so I'm more more into let's see what you're going to get. And then if they're all cool, then I keep them all. And if not, then (laughs) I'll sell a couple who wants them and then that'll be that but awesome that's pretty much what we have going on as far as clutches and stuff and I I recently started getting into lizards because that's how I started in reptiles and so I've now got a tegu and I have a mangrove monitor coming soon and oh god and I got a pair of jeweled lacertas at the Pomona show in August so cool. I, I I have a few a few things going on on the side that I also may get into along with the carpets and blood. Yeah, that's what we were talking about at the beginning of the show. It's like there's so many different uh, you know reptiles out there that sometimes when you get stuck in your when you're stuck in your lane, you you really lose sight of or you're missing out, I should say, on on some other things that are, you know, maybe you yeah, would think just, they're just as cool, you know? So, And you you guys had, uh, we had talked about it before, but, you know, trying out something, see if you like it, yeah. see if it works for you or if it doesn't. So that's why right. I am with Lacerda's. They're cool lizards, but I don't know if I'm going to keep them because, you know, I tried them. It doesn't, they don't really work for me. They're like a miniature tegu, basically, but they're very shy. So you never see them because I used it. I did in, uh, a full seven inches of substrate, and they have like eighty hides, and it's like the more that I planted actual plants and stuff like that, never see them. It's hardly <laughs> ever see them. So it's like, well, damn it. <laughs> What's the point? <laughs> Jesus, uh, it's. Uh, I think you're going to enjoy the mangrove monitor too, but you're exactly correct. If I see mine, it's because I've walked in the room while they were basking and I see them. And then second, they realize that I see them, they're gone. So it's one of those things. Um, So, but mangroves are gorgeous and they're fun to hatch. So that is probably my favorite of the monitors. I know it's not a huge monitor, but I'm not really into, I need the largest of this because that's what's cool. And they just Mm -hmm. look the coolest to me, so I was happy to actually find somebody that wanted to trade one of my carpet bite on for it, so. Who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I was like, yeah, that works out. 
Owen says, who is um, this and where do I find this person? No, I know. No, <laughs> you know. I have th- I have three, and they're, they're Andrews, but they're starting to become sexually mature. So all those pretty plants I had in those cages, they're de- they've all been destroyed because, yeah, I don't know, I guess the, the plant offended them or something. And they're starting to get big <laughs> enough now where the, the, if they start having eggs, I mean – I already told you the f- most fun thing about monitors, in my opinion, is they go home to Andrew at some point. They leave. <laughs> so <laughs> it's like, I've had so much fun with this, and now it's gone. Hooray! So it's, you know, oh, you get the and best I have, of both worlds. <laughs> I do. I get to play with his. Uh, um, right now, I have his Ornate monitor, his Doomrolls monitor, and three of his Mangrove monitors. And. Uh, like I said, when they have eggs, they get to play with the babies, and then they go, they go away. They leave. So that's the best part. Yeah, so yeah, we'll, I, see, we'll see what I get with the monitors. But I'm probably not going to get too crazy and have, like, six or seven of them or anything like that. But it's just something something new, something different. Right. Yeah. I, I had a Savannah a long time ago, and then that was cool, but I wanted something different. So, right. I'm going to try something else out. Very cool. Awesome. Well, so, uh, post pictures, best of luck with those guys. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Um, I don't know if we went into overtime. I think we're still live. Um, why don't you throw so, your info out there Yes. before we get uh, cut off and, oh. you know. How they can get you, your YouTube page, all that stuff. Yeah, pretty much anywhere on the internet. Where uh, our website is designerexotics.net. Um, you can find us on YouTube at Designer Exotics, Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, pretty much anywhere at Designer Exotics. Um, Instagram's the only one where it's an underscore, so it's Designer underscore Exotics. But that's usually where we post up the most pictures and have the most interaction with people, and that's actually where most of the the sales come from too. So we're on there a lot more than anything else, really. Hmm. But yeah, you can reach me personally uh, on my personal page. Yeah, it's weird about the Instagram thing because I'm assuming because it's new. Well, it's not new anymore, but that's where everybody's at other than Facebook. So you get a lot of questions and sales inquiries from Instagram more than our website or anything else that we post animals on. Huh. Interesting. Now everybody's gonna make the dash to Instagram right now. You yes, know that, I, I'm on it right now. Reptiles are very popular. They're actually one of the most popular things on Instagram right now. Yeah, I uh my Instagram is, is uh I, I post up pictures there. I don't get a whole lot of you know, I get like the likes and stuff, but I'm not the uh you know, hashtag guru that some people are to where they can, uh, you know, sometimes I see like every other word is hashtag, <laughs> you know, it's kind of yeah. like, uh, <laughs> see, that, that annoys me. It's why I won't do it. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'd rather, I'd rather not sell the snakes than deal with that crap. So <laughs> hashtag Morelia, hashtag stripe, hashtag, you know, Stop it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, that's it's, cool. It's, definitely, it's a gimmicky thing to do, but, I mean, it, it works. It works. Hey, it works. Post, it works. Like you probably never seen me post something in uh, the classify page of any of the carpets I have for sale. I post them on 
a couple pages, our uh, Facebook page, and then our regular web page, and that's it. Once. I don't ever repost. Right. Huh. That's cool. Okay. So, and your YouTube page, same thing, Designer Exotics? Yeah, right? it's also Designer Exotics. And I'll be putting up a couple, like I said, a couple more videos. Uh, definitely the injection one will be first. Okay. And then, uh, a couple more after that, once I piece them together. Awesome. Well, we look forward to uh, seeing that. And, uh, you know, thanks for coming and hanging out with us. And uh, you know, always welcome back. Always welcome yeah, back. Next so. time, April will be here. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, oh, no. we'll, we'll we'll get her. I mean, we'll, we'll get her. Don't you worry. Yeah. yeah. If, she, if she wasn't doing the show tomorrow or the meeting tomorrow, she would have been on today. I'm sure. She's she's on our list of people that we will get, and we will get her. <laughs> so. Awesome. Well, all right, Terrell. Thanks again, and uh, you have a good night. Yeah, thanks for having me on, and uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right, Mike. Terrell. Thanks. All right, nice. So there we go. Okay, Blood Python show. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's just uh, that's cool to hear that. Uh, maybe it's a vibe in the air or something, man. I don't, I don't know. Like, I, uh, I, I, I think as certain things happen, as you know. Ball Python market does what it does, and as the laws for other other pythons and boas do what they do, people are looking for other species, and of course you kind of trickle around. I mean, and some people are comfortable with Morelia, some people are comfortable with Bloods, and you know these things like they've been here forever, but nobody really kind of takes a look at these things until they're almost forced to, and then hey. Whatever floats your boat. So well, you know, it's crazy. It's a crazy thing. Like, uh, you know, you know how at the beginning I was talking about how I've been reading these different books on all these different yeah. species of reptiles and amphibians in Australia, et cetera, et cetera. So I go back and I'm watching um, Crittercam. That's uh, Peter Birch's uh, YouTube channel, and he goes to these different reptile expos and it's so weird and I don't I don't know if this works with other people or not but it's sort of like uh, it's almost like you have when you're focused on a on a species or a genus or you know uh or just in you know pythons or whatever um you kind of don't pay attention to anything else that's going on so for instance yeah. when I watch from the critter camp yeah, when I'm watching mm-hmm. Critter Cam, I'm just waiting for the uh, Silver Pepper Inlands to come up. You know, I know it's going to be on here because I've seen it on the, uh, you know, on the on the page, and I know that right. that eventually he's going to talk about them. So in between then and here, I'm not paying attention to anything else, and and I'm missing all these cool species of reptiles. You know, and it's like now that you go and I read it in a book, and I'm looking back, and I'm like. Oh, okay. That's what that was. Oh, all right. Now mm-hmm. I see what. Oh, all right. You know, it's weird. So, like, I find myself when you go to a show. You know, you walk around. I'm walking around. What am I looking for? Who has carpet pythons? Who has chondros? You know what I mean? Exactly. You're like you can peg a Morelia in the middle of a table, halfway down an aisle, because you're like scan, scan, ooh, and then you go over. So, and as you broaden your horizons, now you're looking for more stuff. 
But, yeah. but it's funny because it's like, it's almost like what you said, you kind of have tunnel vision and blinders because I was nothing but Morelia until you gave me the Macos Python. And then all of a yeah. sudden, once that happens, now I'm looking into different under different tabs at kingsnake.com and I'm fauna and I'm talking to this person and that person. I'm talking to that guy. I'm looking up this guy's website. And these are things that have all been out here before. Like that tab on Kingsnake is not brand new just because I got a Mac Lots button. It's always been there. But, <laughs> you know, now now I'm paying attention to it. it that's just how it works. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. But I do, uh, you know, I do like the idea of, you know, keeping reptiles to keep reptiles and not really necessarily be focused on breeding or is this something that's going to be, you know. Yeah. I, I guess that's the advantage that someone like, well, both of us have, uh, that just does this as a hobby as opposed to somebody that does this as a business. Because if you're doing it for a business, you're not necessarily going to breed everything that you particularly like. You're going to breed what other people like. and uh, well, the, Yeah, what the market wants. So, yeah, but you know. I, I I breed for me, and then you people get my cast off that I don't want to keep. So <laughs> you know, it's like it's like I am my number one customer because I'm going to breed it and I'm going to pick through it and I'm gonna be like, this one's pretty, this one stays here. Like I was not going to hold back a tiger male this year, but uh-huh. one of the red tiger males is just far, just too damn pretty to let go. And I yeah. took him to shows until he, like, shed for, like, the fifth time and, like, his color exploded. And now he's mine. So you people had your chance. Now he's mine. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it's sorry. Yeah, it's it's kind of cool that, uh, you know, that I don't know. It's it's I don't know. But. <laughs> I'm having one of those days. Yeah, you um, are. Moving on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I guess we can uh, we can get this going and uh, get ready question for next wanted, week. No, go ahead. A question I wanted to ask. When are we shutting down the calendar competition? That's this Saturday. This Saturday. So you have until this Saturday to go on the pick of the week and submit your entries for the calendar competition. Yes. Okay. And then you and I have to sit down and figure that shit out. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. And <laughs> David will be, uh, will oh, be yeah, judging yeah, we, as well. Yeah, we have to drag David into it. And, and we got to go through all the different all the different entries and pick out the ones we feel are the best. And then we have to select the best of the best to be on the calendar. So, yes, actually, that was the other thing that uh, yeah, I'll be stopping by your place this weekend, and yeah, that's that's what we'll be looking at. Part of it, you know. Um, cool. So, yeah, we can filter it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the uh, the 2016 Morelia Python Calendar Contest is. Still underway until this Saturday. So, uh, like Owen said, if you have, uh, you know, a, co- a cool picture, and it can be a wild snake. Obviously, if you don't own the uh, 
the snake that's a wild snake, um, you know, that's fine. But if it is uh, a captive snake, then it has to be your snake unless, I guess, you have permission to use it, you know. I, I don't know it how has, that would work, <laughs> but it, it has, has to be your snake. If it's a captive snake, it has to be your snake. If it is a wild snake, you had to have taken the picture, all right? So yes. there you go. You don't get Thank to you go for and find that. Exactly. I'm making it extremely simple, okay? So, yes, Ari can put in the picture of the wild Bolins, and I hate to break it to everybody who does Bolins. I like that one better than everybody else's. Sorry, uh-huh. guys. The wild one. Anyway, yeah. so uh, that's just the options you have. If it's a wild snake, you have to have taken the picture of the snake. If it's a cat snake, it has to be physically your snake. Got it. Yeah. Done. And the... Um... Uh, the et cetera category can basically be anything. And we didn't have an imbricata category because we didn't have people uh, putting stuff in. But now it seems that uh, since there's some Facebook group pages, et cetera, uh, yeah. popping up with imbricata, you know, and we can ship calendars to Australia. Um, <laughs> you know, we do, we, we've learned over the years how we tried to make this, more complicated than it has to be and you know we've decided that it, it can be a lot simpler so now we can do that so yeah if you have that throw it up in that spot um for sure we're, next year, we're too, having just, what? we didn't put us uh, we didn't put scrubbies onto their own category either so now all the scrubs are being submitted as part of the etc as well yeah which makes it more difficult for us it's just so freaking hard it's like ring yeah. pythons Scrubs, white lips, freaking imbricata, and I'm like, yeah. God damn it! So, you know, it's hard. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll see. It's be, it will be a yeah. kick-ass calendar, that's for sure. Because yeah, uh, it is going to be kick-ass. Yeah, yeah. It's, so. There's a lot of great pictures. So, if you have a picture and you you haven't posted it up, you have until Saturday. Um, to post it up, uh, if you missed the deadline, then oh well, you're out of luck. The deadline, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> so we don't um, care. Uh, yeah. So that's that, and that will be the show on next Tuesday. So basically, yes. we'll be revealing the winners, and the winners of the contest uh, they get to uh, they get a free calendar. Uh, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. You put it in your snake room, look at it for the next year, people's awesome snakes, until we do it again next year. So, uh, And, cool and immediately following the show next week, the calendars will be up for sale. If you want to buy your own Rally Python Radio calendar, we will get those out to you so that you have it in time to swap over in January. See, that was another thing we learned over the years as well. <laughs> so, yeah, it's usually... Sure- uh, I changed the company that we use. Yeah. Um, so it was usually about, uh, it's probably about a, maybe like a three to four week uh, turnaround time. Sometimes yeah. it's sooner than that. So as soon as we get it together and figure out what it is, I'll get to uh, putting it together and and uh, getting it off and ordering the first uh, first batch. So we'll give you that info as, uh, as it comes over and... Uh, yeah, it should be cool. Um, cool. So, let's see. What else do we got? So, yeah, and then after that show, we have um, 
Zach's going to be coming back with us, and we're going to be talking Blue Tongue Skinks. I mean, we had Blue Tongue Skinks show before, but we didn't talk about Blue Tongue Skinks. So <laughs> <laughs> we ended up talking about carpet by But this this show, I promise, will be about Blue Tongue Skinks. And why do I promise? Because Blue Tongue Skinks have caught my fancy as of late. So I promise you (laughs) that we will be talking about Blue Tongue Skinks for sure. So, uh, um, you know, we were were always trying to expand um, the audience. Uh, We're always trying to grab new people. Um, I think that one of the ways to do that is to have these off-topic shows that, again, people that may be into Blue Tongue Skinks don't know that Carpet Pythons or Chondros exist. And, uh, you know, it's it's about trying to grow, you know, the community rather than focus on the negative of, you know, the the market is saturated and nobody can sell carpets. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, well, let's that. see what we have to do. Let's try to look at the positive and try to grow the the market and grow more people into the uh into the hobby. So I don't know. That's just a that's the thought. And plus they're they're Australian they're Australian uh reptiles. So I mean how much cooler can you get? So mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you're into blue tongue skinks then that'll be the show. Uh because Zach does know his his shit when it comes to blue tongue skinks. So um for us, Morelia Python Radio, check out our website uh, for more info on our podcast or Morelia in general. Um, you can basically think of that as the hub to the Morelia world, points you in the direction uh, that you want to go and check out the different people or different projects or different morphs or, you know, what's available, what's not available, what's in Australia, what's all around the world, uh, you know, just it's kind of the place to go. Um you can listen or download the show in a couple different ways. Uh, iTunes, just look for Morelia Pythons Radio. Uh, our Blog Talk Radio page, which is basically blogtalk.com slash Morelia Python Radio. You can go and listen there. Um, and also on our website, at the on the homepage, um, the feed from Blog Talk goes right to there, so you can listen there as well. Um, you know, be sure to check out our Facebook page, which is Morelia Pythons Radio. Uh, we put all our updates and everything that's going on. Um, you know, we tried to look and see if there's anything cool that's happening. Uh, we post stuff up during the show, so if you don't want to miss out, uh, then be sure to go over and give the page a like. We're also on Twitter at Morelia Pythons. Um, and if you have any questions or comments, you can shoot us an email at info at MoreliaPythonRadio.com. I always appreciate the feedback, uh, whether it be uh, a new guest, uh, you know, a topic, uh, you know, that's good, this sucks, whatever it would be, <laughs> <laughs> send it, uh, send it on over. It's always good hearing from uh, from everybody. Um, which, by the way, um, I, mm. I I don't know how I forgot about this. Usually, I'm pretty good at this, but. Um, I had messaged uh, KJ today and was asking him about the Carpet Fest, and he had sent me a message that he wanted to hear a guy that was talking about crocodilian conservation. And, you know, uh, I don't know. I totally forgot about that. But, you know, that may be something that we talk about sometime in the future. I don't I don't know. But uh, it's definitely cool. Um, That's a know. little bit of a tall order. But, yeah, we'll try to find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. He already know. He sent me the guest. 
meaning oh, God. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want us to find the guest? Uh, I don't know if that's going to well, happen. I don't know. Sometimes, sometimes <laughs> that happens. We want this yeah. show. All right. Who do you have in mind? <laughs> so, yeah. so, okay. Thank God. Yeah, so All it's right. easier said than done, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking to uh, just get into, uh, you know, carbon pythons or Morelia in general, um, you know, you want to do some research, check out the following forums, Morelia Pythons, which is MP. You hear us talk about that from time to time. And then if you're into chondros, a more chondro-specific one is Morelia Beardus Forum, which is MVF, uh, which uh, also uh, comes up from time to time. And speaking of chondros, um, I was asked to fill in with uh, our good friend Bill uh, from GTP Keeper Radio. I'm still deeply insulted, by the way, (laughs) that I was left out of such things, yeah. Uh, yep. Well, I will be co-hosting now. When Buddy goes on, uh, no, when Bill goes on vacation, that's when Owen goes and joins with Buddy. So, I did not agree to this. Still upset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is how we go. So that show is coming up. I think it's uh, they do it on a Sunday, which I believe I want to say is. I know they didn't put it up yet. I believe it's the fifteenth. Yeah, fifteenth. So. Pretty cool. They have a pretty cool guest coming on at that day, right? Yeah. So uh, on the fifteenth, we'll be doing. I believe, from what Bill told me, I hope this is okay to go public with this. But but it's Brad Waffa, who um, I know he does a lot of locality type of condros and such, and uh, he was Very hanging cool. out at Tinley for a while. So uh, should be cool to talk to him. I am by no means a condro expert, uh, so <laughs> I will be sitting in the. Uh, asking questions seat. Um, you know, I, I have become the amateur and Bill will be the expert. So there we go. Um, cool stuff. Uh, let's see. Um, what else do we got? And as far as if you're on Facebook and you're looking to, uh, you know, for a group, uh, Morelia related, there's always our group page. It's just Morelia pick of the week. And, uh, there's also the, uh, Morelia, et cetera, which is where a lot of uh, the people on Pick of the Week go to post their uh, other projects that they're working with. Um, then we have the Breeder Direct Morelia Python Classifieds group, basically. Um, that's uh, a group of Morelia Python breeders, and you're buying directly from the breeder. No middleman, no flipping, no, you know... Uh, I bought the snake. I don't like it anymore. Type of stuff. This is mm-hmm. you know you want to see parents. Um, you know you want to see uh, where they came from. Um, they won't be able to. And you know if you have a problem um, down the line, uh, the breeder is always the best person to talk to because they're going to be able to answer the question that you may have, like your snake won't eat. Um, mm-hmm. They should be able to tell you exactly what it was eating, how often it ate, et cetera, et cetera. All priceless information when you have a um, a problem, uh, you know, if you do happen to have a problem. So uh, it's always good to go. Um, let's see. Uh, as far as myself, um, ebmorelia.com, um, I'm... I, I should be putting up my breeding pages real soon for the 2016 season, which is crazy. Uh, 
here. It's upon us. It's uh, a month away from, you know, beginning the cool down. I know, Owen, you said at this show you were already starting to cool down. So, um, yep. Here we are. Boys are going with girls tomorrow. Yep. Right. So. Crazy. Um, yep. So, yeah, there's my website, ebmariah.com. If you want to get in touch with me, you can send me an email at eric at ebmariah.com. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and it's all under ebmariah. Um, I, I hope to have a YouTube thing going soon as well, so look forward to that. Um, and that's all I got. Go ahead, Owen. Cool. All right, so what I got is you can go to rogue-reptiles.com or you can look us up at rogue-reptiles at facebook.com. Uh, all the latest happenings of Rogue are up there. Uh, we will be resubmitting the baby pictures for all the animals we have for sale, and we're kind of winding down. I don't have really that much left, so if you wanted something, I would get in contact with me ASAP, um, especially because the shipping window is closing once the weather starts getting too cold, I'm just going to shut it down, and I won't be able to ship anything. You'll have to either come get it or wait. Um, so don't wait. The uh, breeding season, like I said, we kick it off tomorrow where males are going to be introduced to females. Uh, just a quick overview. We have scrubs going, olives going, maclots going, a bunch of carbon pythons, including super caramel, tigers, Super Caramel Jags, Super Caramel Tiger Jags. Um, and then, of course, we have a bunch of head exanic stuff that's also going to go this year as well. And we're going to try, again, God help me, for some more Dominican Red Mountain Boas. I don't know why I'm doing that to myself, but I am. <laughs> so I hope you're all of it, that's for sure. Oh, that would be, oh, dude. I, I would give up several carpet python clutches just to get the olives in the max. So, those yeah. are cool. So, we're going to try that stuff. Um, and, of course, bread like The bread's already in the side room. So, uh, we'll see how it rolls. If you are interested in some of the pairings, I will be posting a full list of all our breeding pairs probably in the next few days. Uh, if you want to get on the list for any of them, you can. There's no charge to be on the list. Uh, just, you know, if I don't contact you, it means we didn't have the baby for you, uh, to be offered to you, and that's just how it goes. So, yeah, uh, next show I have for vending will be December at Hamburg. I don't think there's anything else between them and there. So, yep, and that's all I have for uh, myself, and that's all we have for you guys tonight. So what we will say is good night, everyone, and uh, thank you for tuning in, and we'll catch you all next week for some more Morelia Python Radio. Good night. Hey, Chad Brown here. You may remember me as a linebacker in the NFL or as a reptile breeder and the owner of Pro Exotics. I've been herping since I was a boy, and I've dedicated my life to advancing the industry and educating the community about the importance of reptiles. I also love to encourage the joy of breeding and keeping reptiles as a hobbyist, which is why my partner Robin and Markland and I created the Reptile Report. The Reptile Report is our online news aggregation site bringing you the most up-to-date discussions from the reptile world. Visit thereptilereport.com every day to stay on top of the latest reptile news and information. We encourage you to visit the site and submit your exciting reptile news, photos, and links so we can feature outstanding breeders and hobbyists just like you. The Reptile Report offers powerful branding and marketing exposure for your business, and the best part is 
It's free. If you're a buyer or a breeder, you got to check out the Reptile Report Marketplace. The Marketplace is the reptile world's most complete buying and selling destination, full of features to help put you in touch with the perfect deal. Find exactly what you're looking for with our advanced search system. Search by sex, weight, morph, or other keywords, and use our Buy It Now option to buy that animal right now. Go to marketplace.thereptilereport.com and register your account for free. Be sure to link your Marketplace account to your Ship Your Reptiles account to earn free tokens with each shipping label you book. Use the Marketplace to sell your animals and supplies and maximize your exposure with a platinum ad that also gets fed to the Reptile Report and our powerful Marketplace Facebook page. Buying or selling? Use shipyourreptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates. ShipYourReptiles.com can also supply you with the materials needed to safely ship your animals successfully. Use ShipYourReptiles.com to take advantage of our discounted priority overnight shipping rates, the materials needed to ship your reptiles successfully, live customer support, and our live on-time arrival insurance program. We got you covered. Visit TheReptileReport.com to learn or share about the animals. Click on the link to the marketplace, find that perfect pet or breeder. Then visit ShipYourReptiles.com to ship that animal anywhere in the United States. We are your one-stop shop for everything reptile-related. 